Let's go to the word. In your devices today, would you go to Luke chapter 15? Luke chapter 15, we are moving forward in the series. The Lord is showing me the different uh, currencies of the kingdom. The reason we're doing this series is because um, it is because the world system is losing value. Okay, the currency using value is losing value, and the kingdom of God will never lose value. As a matter of fact, it is increasing in value. And so there are some principles that operate as currency in the kingdom of God. And so we've covered two already in part one, uh, in part two and three of this series. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, go out to our website. It is out there. Those sermons are out there. You can also go to Apple podcast, Tim Fryer Ministries, it's out there, and you can listen to everything that we've done in the past few years, especially during the pandemic. We've really released some prophetic messages, and I'd love for you to hear it, hear them, and um, get connected there. So we are on <clears throat> this morning part four of our Kingdom Currency series. So let's look at Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. It's a very popular parable that Jesus is teaching. Uh, this particular parable falls in the parable of lost, th lost things, okay? Um, within these parables that he uh, gives, there is the parable of the lost coin, then there's the parable of the lost sheep. And this one is the parable of the lost son that we call um, the prodigal son is what we call it, the prodigal son. So <clears throat> let's start reading here, verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me, okay? And uh, so the father, so he divided them his livelihood. Y'all see those lines? I, I ain't even getting ready to preach all about this, but this, so he, so the father divided to them his livelihood. Um, we often look at the younger son because the younger son asked, but both got it. And uh, I think some of this is going to be uh, important as we walk through the text today. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered, uh, gathered all together. He journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions in prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose uh, a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly, the, the younger son, would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a far way or a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you or and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm going to stop right there. And uh, I want to 
talk about today. We're talking about our, this is our first, fourth installment in the kingdom uh, currency. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the currency of time. The currency of time. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you this morning that you are everything we need. We thank you, Lord, that you are meeting every need, that you are blowing our minds, that you are perfecting those things that, that concern us. And so, Lord, I ask today that as we hear more about the currency of your kingdom, that you will cause us to see things with kingdom eyes, that you will cause us to respond to things with kingdom discernment, that you would cause us to live as kingdom representatives. So I pray this morning that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought, agility of wit, and allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So God is, uh, hey, good morning, Lady Von Seal. Good to see you. Y'all, I'm excited because I'm uh, getting a chance to work with Lady Von Seal again, producing her next single that's coming out soon. Lady, uh, I'll, hopefully I'll be sending you something this week, just some roughs, but uh, I'm liking the way it's going. So anyway, I was able to preach last week at Lady Von Seal's church, Faith, the Faith Center, with my friend, Pastor Vince Campbell, who happens to be Lady Von Seal's son. So we were able to share with them last week at the nine o'clock service, so it was amazing. Okay, let's jump in today on this Kingdom Currency Part 4, and this is the currency of time. Now, I do want to lift up uh, out of this text um, a different angle, okay? We've heard, the, uh, we've heard sermons over and over and over again about uh, kingdom or uh, about this prodigal son and the stuff that goes on in this text. And there's just so many ways to, to preach this. Um, I thought it interesting, though, that the Lord um, lifted this text up to me and said, I want you to look in this text and see the currency of time. And I thought, OK, that's different, but let's go. If you're going to show it to me, I'm ready. Let's go. OK, so let's do it. So here, here it is today. y'all. We put a lot of emphasis on time. Okay, we put a lot of emphasis on age as it relates to time. You know, we feel like if I'm young, I got a lot of time, right? We feel like if I'm old, I don't have as much time. But uh, I don't necessarily have points for you today, but I will say to you, uh, if you are writing, you can write this down, that the secret to this thing called time is not how much you have, but how well you manage the time that you have. It is a uh, currency that we have to manage, time is. So it's not about how much time you got. It's really about how well you manage the time that you have. Are y'all with me this morning? Okay, so the constant thing, here, here's another thing you might want to write down. <laughs> the constant thing that's about time is that it always yields a harvest. Time always yields a harvest. But the harvest is contingent upon how you manage your time. I want to say this again. Time is always yielding a harvest. But the harvest is based on how you manage it. So, I mean, in a nutshell, if you get a great harvest, it's because you managed well. If you get a horrible harvest, it's because you didn't. But the thing about it is, it's going to always yield something. Time is not necessarily one of those neutral things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not it's not always one of those neutral. I mean, time is not a neutral thing, uh, you know, like um, like say a money money or 
Uh, we often say, we hear people say guns are neutral. It's like it depends on whose hands they're in. But time is not that. Time is going to yield a harvest because time is what has been allotted to you. And if you do not manage it well, it yields a harvest. But if you do a great job in managing your time, it yields a harvest. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll show that. We'll look at that a little bit more in the text. So as it relates to time, though, I want you to keep a couple of things in mind. Okay, here's number one. And you can you can write this down if you if you want to. Um, we must know who holds time. That's important. We got to always keep that in mind. Who holds time? At time as in the time or the span of my life as it relates to time, the time that has been allotted to me. God holds it. OK, we got to manage it. Here's Psalm 31 and 14. This would be a good one to write down. Here's what David writes. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. Watch this. My times are in, are in your hand. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies. And from those who persecute me. So so David understands and I'm not going to exegete all of these, but David understands who's holding the time in this. Listen, in this text, in this Psalms text, time in the Hebrew is the word that is really uh, an adverb with preposition. For my English people out there, you love that adverbs with preposition. So when we say time in this text when david says uh um you hold my times are in your hand what he's saying is um the adverb with preposition of time is stuff like my now is in your hand Woo! that'll preach because uh, i don't that'll preach all day long because i don't know what you're going through now you do and based on what you're going through right now it is good to insert psalm 31 right here that says i'll trust you because my now is in your hand. <laughs> if this means anything to anybody, give me some hearts. Because whatever it is that you're going through now, be, uh, let it be affirmed in your spirit that your right now is in his hand. That's what, that's what David is saying. Um, here's another adverbial preposition here is when. When. I don't know what's coming down the line next week, but when it happens, my win is in your hand. Man, I can't mess with y'all. My after. Here's another word. My continually. Here's one I love. My season is in your hand. That's what he's saying. That my season is in your hands. When times get hard, when it seems like Man, I'm taking a hit one after the next. That's the season. But David says, I'm going to trust in you. You are my God and my season is in your hands. My overwhelming moment in your hands. My unbelieving moment is in your hands. What do you mean unbelieving? Sometimes when I go visit Timmy's grave, I am still in disbelief that my son, that I lost my son. But even in those moments, my unbelief is in his hands. So you got to remember who holds time. Y'all with me? Here's the next thing. You got to remember that time has a purpose. Okay? That every purpose, I should say, have a, has a time. Every purpose has a time. You know it. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, uh, 3 and 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So just remember that. Remember that for everything, the purpose for which a thing has been established, there's a time for it. Okay? Remember that. But you got to understand that every purpose has its time. If I'm dealing with this right now, for whatever purpose it is, here is where it is. This is just time for me to deal with these things. Are y'all with me? Here's one more thing that I want you to look at. You got to know when to use descriptors of time. <laughs> we got to know when to use them, when and how to use the descriptors of time. Descriptors like, you ready? Like 
patience. Mm. The scriptures are what we use to help us manage our time. Like patience. Here's another uh, description. Waiting. Eh, we hate those. Here's another one. Fast, swift, quick. Another descriptor. Slow. We got to know how to use those descriptors. Are y'all with me today? So here's one with patience. Psalm 37. Verse seven through nine. David writes, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger. OK, that's a, that's another descriptor. Cease. That's another descriptor, meaning stop. OK, because that has something to do with time. It is what you're doing in that time. There's no movement. He says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. Do not fret it only. Uh, do not. Sorry. Do not fret. It only causes harm for the evildoer shall be cut off. Watch this. But those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. Those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. Why is that? That's crucial as as a descriptor of time. What should I be doing in this time? Waiting or patient is the word here. Patience. He says, when you get patience, okay, there's some things that you should not be doing in that time. And I don't want to, I'm not exegeting these, but uh, waiting shall, those that wait shall inherit the earth, right? Because the yield of time in waiting, David says here, we will inherit something. Are y'all with me? I know I got messed up last week preaching live somewhere, boy. <laughs> Listen, here's another one. Waiting. Okay, we know Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Okay? Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So that, that word wait, it yields a harvest of renewed strength. Remember, time yields a harvest. When we manage it well, it's going to be a good harvest. Okay, here's another word. Here's another word. Fast. Because that's how, that's, that's the society that we live in. Everything is fast. We want it fast. Okay, we don't like to wait. Patience is not cool. We want it fast. So let's look at how we, sh how we should be using that descriptor of fast or quick or swift. You ready? James chapter one, verse 19. Here it is. So then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Mm. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. Y'all, I love it. See, when it comes to how to manage our time and how to manage these descriptors, the word of God teaches us. It teaches us when to be fast. Be fast to hear. In other words, be fast to shut your mouth and be fast to pay attention to hear. But be slow to talk and slow to get mad. Look how y'all looking at me. Don't look at me like that. Because we like to justify what we say. Oh, I can say this because I could get mad because. And the text says, if you're going to manage the descriptors of time. Slow, fast, if you want to look at fast, be fast to shut your mouth and listen. Yep, that part. Let me give you another one. <laughs> Let me let me let me get let me give you another one. Colossians chapter three, verse twelve. This is in the Message Bible. I love this one. So Paul writes, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. What's the wardrobe, Paul? Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Watch this. Be even tempered, content with second place. Here's another quick, quick to forgive 
an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Look how y'all looking. Now we want to talk about the scriptures. Slow and fast. Slow to speak. Quick to hear. Listen, quick to forgive. That's the, that's the word. And when we start dealing with time, how are you managing your time? Are you always in a hurry? Are you always rushing somewhere? How are you managing it? And sometimes that I got to hurry up and get somewhere comes over into our uh, Christian values and our Christian living. So I want to get to my point fast. So I'm slow to hear and quick to talk. Yeah, I'm quick to be offended, but I'm slow to forgive you. All that's going to produce a harvest in your life that's not favorable. Because that's anti-Bible. Okay. All right, I'll give you one more. Here's another one for slow. Proverbs 15, 18, a wrath, a wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contention, allays, A-L-L-A-Y-S means subdues contention, reduces contention, calms contention. That's what it says. Okay. But he is he that's slow to anger. Are you one that's quick tempered? The Colossians text that we just said that we should be even tempered. See, all these are descriptors of time. Fast, slow. Swift. Wait. Patiently describes how we should be waiting. Y'all with me? Yeah. 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 Y'all take those. Y'all take those scriptures and study them because I got to go and I want to keep it moving. So listen, in our text today, though, I gave you all of that as a precursor to our text because we're going to see some stuff in here that helps us understand these things. OK. In our text today, in this prodigal son parable, there are three main characters here. The three main characters is the father, the younger son, the older son. We don't we don't talk a lot about the older son because the older son shows up late in the text and he shows up mad. Excuse me, because of how the father responds to the younger son, who a lot of the focus in the text is on because of what he did. OK, um, it's important to see the lessons in this text, OK, because the lessons in this text show us that the younger son mismanages time. It also shows us that the father manages well his time. <laughs> yeah. So then here is the story. I'm just going to tell the story. We'll lift some truths out of here. We'll be out. Um, so the younger son comes to the father and says to the father, uh, I want you to give me my inheritance. Give me what he says, what belongs to me. Yeah, you're an idiot, son. You're an idiot. Because the truth of it is, it doesn't belong to you. It's the father's. But what we're finding here is that the younger son, listen, is not handling kingdom currency well. Mm. It could be a sign. Let me just throw this in parenthetically. It could be a sign here because what we find is that when he gets the money, he goes out and he squanders his money. Could it be that if you do not manage kingdom currencies well, that you won't manage earthly currencies well? Could it be? I'm not saying it is. I'm just operating in wonder. I wonder. So here's the deal. When the son comes to the father and says, give me 
was to fall to me. He is mismanaging time. Why? Because what the boy is asking for, Dorian, he is asking for his inheritance, right? The challenge is he's mismanaging time because he is not supposed to get his inheritance until one of two things happen. Either he gets married, which we see in the text that he's not, or his father dies. So what the son is actually doing is he is now guilty of rushing time. Because in, in, in the Hebrew custom, and it is still our custom today, when we start talking about inheritance, the inheritance is not distributed until that person who owns the, who owns the inheritance, if you will, dies. So what the son is basically saying to the father is, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. Give me my stuff. And so he is rushing time. Because it wasn't his dad's time to die. Okay. But now the father, on the other hand, shows us a lesson of how to manage time well. Why? Because the father has the inheritance. He has it. Which says, if he has enough inheritance to divide to his sons and still live, that says that he had amassed quite a bit. And he allowed time to work for him. He didn't spend all he had. So therefore, in his savings, in the way he lived, he says, I'm going to save this because when the discipline of saving meets the currency of time, I will have an inheritance to leave behind. Y'all, Did y'all just hear what I said? When the discipline of saving <laughs> meets with the currency of time. Look how y'all look. Yeah. Whew. So then he, he has managed well his time because he has something to give to his sons. Now, I love it because this other son, the oldest son, and we often gloss right over this, that the father, the text says that the father gives them his inheritance. I love the way that the Bible reads. And sometimes we got to slow down and read the Bible. The reason I read it twice while I was reading it, because it just leaps off the page to me, that the father gave them. One son asked, and it was disrespectful to do so. But the father, the text says, divided to them his. It was still the father's, because it wasn't supposed to be theirs until he died. So he says, okay, I, I'm going to jump into this time rushing thing with y'all. Because I've managed my time enough, uh, my time well enough to be able to give y'all what you're asking for, little boy. And it still not hurt me. <laughs> so I, I divide to them. Now, the oldest son didn't ask for anything. And we find out in the text, he never even used it. Because he wasn't rushing time. He just kind of got caught up in a stupid time that his younger brother was living in. So he ends up with his inheritance. I ain't gonna mess with it. Okay. So now remember what I said to you that time will yield a harvest. It pays dividends. The younger son receives his inheritance and then he goes and he starts receiving dividends on his time. Hear me. He's moving out of time. And there is a harvest that comes with that. Are you? Here's what it says. The text says in uh, verse 13, uh, not many days after the boy got his money, uh-huh. He gathered his stuff and he journeyed to a far country and he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. 
Because here's what happens with time, y'all. What happens with time is that if you manage it well, time teaches you how to live with the harvest that comes into your life. Let me, let me say it again. Time teaches you how to live. So think about the text. The text says that he gets his stuff and he leaves. Okay. And then he started wasting his possessions in prodigal living. He wasted it because he hadn't learned the lesson as to how to manage his possessions. Time teaches you how to manage your possessions, how to manage your resources. All it takes, if you just take your time, all it takes is uh, one time to have your phone cut off <laughs> because you bought some shoes. All it takes is one time and you'll be able, see, if you learn those lessons in the time you should be learning those lessons, you won't be set out. You won't be put out. You'll learn those. Like I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. I am. I am. You know, I used money to do so and so, but I should have put gas in my car and I figured I was going to be able to make it until Tuesday. Now I ain't got no gas. Yeah. But when we learn those little lessons, it teaches us how to use our resources. Here's the challenge here. This boy rushed time. OK. But he also rushed uh, position. He should have stayed in his daddy's house and learned all the lessons he could because his daddy was a good man. How do you know that? Because a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And he got one. The boy should have stayed home long enough to learn how to get this stuff and manage this stuff. But instead, he got an inheritance too early and he left home too early. Listen, when you do not manage time well, it will have you living somewhere that you shouldn't be living. Oh, come on. Living in a mindset, living in a geographical location that you shouldn't be when you do not manage time well. If it's not time, don't move. Come on. I was listening to one of these sermons here recently where I said to somebody, now probably ain't the time for you to quit the job. By now what God has you there has you there for. Mm-hmm. Time. Managing your time well. So the boy, let me keep it moving, gets his money, starts, uh, and he leaves home. It wasn't time for that, son. It wasn't time. What time for you to move? Why don't you have enough sense to manage your allowance? Learn how to manage your allowance while you're at your daddy's house. So then if you mess up and blow the allowance <laughs> and your daddy and you, you, you got a flat tire and you ain't got the money, at least your daddy can fuss and be like, you got to pay me back. But at least he could support it because when you go out there on your own, and rush time, you're saying to him, you're dead to me. So if I'm dead to you, a dead daddy can't send you money at Western Union. Look how y'all looking. I know I'm telling my age. Western Union, who uses that? Uh, a dead daddy can't cash out. Venmo. PayPal. Y'all don't hear me. So you're out there on your own without learning lessons that only time can teach with a whole bunch of money that you rushed time to get. That's why a lot of our, we, the, the NBA has been worried, so worried about our young athletes that they have, a, 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 they have classes now that's mandatory to teach them how to manage their money. Because when you come out of, you know, like a Kobe Bryant out of high school, which I think they've stopped that now, NBA. Somebody has stopped letting the kids come straight out of high school. But when you come out of high school and you're making multi-millions of dollars and you ain't even learned, you haven't gone to college to learn what it means to not have no food for the calf because you done messed up the money that your mom and them had sent you early because you partied all weekend and you were supposed to make that stretch. Somebody know what I'm talking about. You've been in college and you got some money 
from your mom and them. Like, here's some money for some snacks and to be able to eat. And when you blow it, you look crazy. Sitting in the cafeteria on the yard, bumming. <laughs> All right, let me roll. So he's out here now, this son. And the text says in verse 15 that... Uh, it said, not verse 15, verse 14 says, but when he had spent all, there arose a famine in that land <laughs> and he began to be in want. Now, listen, listen, let's just, this is just, ex, ex, if we just look at verse 14 by itself, when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, not in the land. It was in that land. So we could we could look at this in a, in a couple of different ways. It could be that land, the faraway land that he went to that he shouldn't have left home for. OK, and now you get over there, spin up. But what's so funny is it wasn't that it was just a famine in that land. It was after he had spent everything, there had been a famine in that land. Wait a minute. So then the text could be talking about a famine in the land of mismanaging time. It could be a famine in that land. And who knows? Maybe this lesson was supposed to come to him, but it probably would not have been as severe if he had allowed time to be the classroom he was in on the campus of his daddy's property. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. OK, so now he's in want, the Bible says. Here is the contrast to his older brother. Are y'all with me? <laughs> the contrast to the older brother, when you get to the end of the text, he's mad because when the boy comes back home, we'll talk about that in a second, dad throws a party and he was like, hey, why did you do that? I mean, <coughs> you've never thrown a party for my, me and my friends. But he's went out there living like a fool and now he come home and get a party. OK, um, the father says, you, son, have always been here. I mean, I, you ain't been lost. You've been here. Here's the, here's the thing. You haven't had need of the stuff he has need for. He has lost his clothes and his ring and everything. You got your stuff because you've been here. Here's the contrast between the two boys. Both of the boys got their inheritance. But one ends up in severe want. And the other one is not in want. Thus, plus he has never had to use his inheritance because it wasn't time for him to go. And when you operate in time, God will always supply the needs that you have according to his riches and glory. And you never have to touch the reserves of your life. Because you're in order. This young boy is out here now in a famine. And he finds himself <laughs> in a pigsty. So he gets a job. He gets a job feeding pigs. He's in a far country feeding pigs. He aligns himself with a person. The text, many theologians deals with the fact that uh, this boy has aligned himself with somebody crooked because if the region, even in another country, was uh, 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 Jewish folk, who you done hooked up with who's a Jew? They got pigs. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. I, I, I'm on. That's the, that's, just, that's the kind of stuff that, that theologians just deal with. Because sometimes when you are out of time, you start connecting with people who don't believe what you believe or who say they believe what you believe, but got some backhand stuff going on. So now he is out here feeding pigs, but from Jewish backgrounds. They don't do pork, right? Yeah, okay. But he's feeding pigs. While in the pig style, something happens. And I want to call this the reflection factor. Because here's what I want you to write down. Inside of time, 
there is always a reflection factor. Pastor, be careful. You just said always. Yes, I'm calculated here because it's important for the things that I teach you. I stay away from words like always. Something you'll hear me use sometimes. You'll hear me use often if I cannot substantiate always. But I can substantiate always with the principle of first mention here. Are y'all with me? Okay, sorry. Y'all should have been on with CCN, with LCCN when, when, when Lady Portia was preaching fire down and it was just a shouting good time. This one ain't that, my bad. <laughs> okay, this one ain't that. I, I Listen, but I'm teaching you something here that I want you to see. That inside of time, there is a reflection factor. It's always there. How do you know that? Here it is. Verse 17. But when he came to himself while he was sitting in the pigsty, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you no longer to be called your servants. Would you give me a job? No matter how. Listen to me. No matter how you manage your time, there's always space for reflection. Prove it, Pastor. I'll be happy to. When God created the world, God, who is God, <laughs> Yahweh, Elohim, Elohim, self-existent, even when he created, there was the time that he used to create first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day. In that time, he had some he made good use of his time, created some dope stuff. But then he paused in verse 25 of Genesis one. And God made the beast of the earth according to his kind, according to his kind and everything that creeped on the earth according to his uh, time. Listen, and God saw that it was good. There was a pause and he looked at it and he was like, this is, this is good. Reflection. Because time always has a reflection period. But wait a minute. He goes on in chapter two, he creates man. And the Bible says in verse 18, and the Lord said, it's not good that man should be alone. Wait a minute. Because there was a reflection period after he made man. Okay, seventh day, sixth day God made man. There should always be a reflection period. When you have successes in your life, you need to reflect. When there are failures in your life, you should reflect. And I'm going to go on and tell you, reflection at the time of failure not only works for you, but it also works for others. Why? Number one, you're not making those mistakes anymore. But number two, it also lets you have grace. So when other people make a mess, you can say, oh, I remember when grace to you. Look how y'all looking at me. Yeah, about that. I ain't gonna write it. I ain't gonna write it. I'm gonna leave it like it is. But with the reflection, should there, there should always be a response to the reflection. When God said it's not good, for man to be alone, he responds to the reflection and creates woman. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We should always be reflecting, but we should always be ready to respond. Okay, well, wait, 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 Pastor. Boy. What if you respond and it's a good thing? Then you, your response is, I'm giving God glory. I'm thankful. See? Gratitude. There's always places for a response in reflection. If I botched it up, I need to fix it. If it could be better, let's make it better. But if it was great and I don't need to touch it, I'm still hands lifted, heart open, telling God, thank you. Anybody with me? Anybody grateful? <laughs> Got anything to be grateful for when you look back over your life and you realize you could have gone another way? You see that God gave you grace to manage your time, 
that you've had successes, but even in failure, they didn't, it didn't kill you. It just taught you the lesson. If that's you, let me see some hearts in this chat real quick. I'm going to pick up my phone and look. Give me some. Come on. You were stupid back in the day. You were dumb. And it was the grace of God <laughs> because of his mercies that you wasn't consumed. Come on. Yeah. In some areas, you rushed time, but God helped you balance it out. In other places, you delayed time. You were moving slow. He told you to come on, do this. And you kept talking about, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm scared. And he was like, now's the time. Jump in. Come on. The door is open. Come on. And you messed up. But then you started seeing, man, I messed that up. Lord, I'm sorry. I repented, which is another response in the reflection time. Come on. Man, I'm preaching good. Come on. Time. Managing it well because it is a kingdom currency. I got to keep it moving, y'all, unless I get, get stopped here. Okay, so after his reflection, he goes home. And I love what the text says to us about his return. It says when he came to himself, he got up, he went to the house. Uh, verse 20 says he arose, came to his father. But when he was afar off, still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran to him fell on his neck and kissed him. Let's pause. In the beginning of the text, the son rushed time. Okay? You're dead to me. Give me all my stuff. At the end of the text here, the father rushes. He don't rush time, but he uses a descriptor. The text says that he ran to him, the text uses a descriptor, a, a descriptor. He ran, which tells us that there was swift. He was fast. The problem with that is he is breaking social protocol because the time in, in this day, the custom of the day is that the senior men never ran. It was running was looked upon as foolish in their culture. As an old man, you graying, you got it. You supposed to be uh, stately distinguished you shouldn't be running because you're not young and they will look at it as foolish but the daddy says i will listen well i will respond to my son like the text tells me to respond and the text tells me that i should be quick to forgive so i will break social norms i know what man says but god says i should forgive quickly so when he sees him afar off, he doesn't make him come to me. I'm just going to wait right here. I'm going to wait and make him come to me. Since you done took the money, uh-huh, look at you coming back. Look at you. No, 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 no. The daddy says, I saw him. Listen, the fact that the daddy saw him so far off also speaks to the fact that the daddy had enough patience to wait for the son to learn the lessons of time. And I'm going to keep looking because one day he's going to come back. And he ran to him. See, the father shows us the right way to manage time. <laughs> Build the inheritance. That's going to take some time. Don't spend everything you got. That's going to mean there's going to be some seasons in your life that you have to live in sacrifice so you can have the inheritance, okay? Yeah, but then he shows us, whether it relates to money, he says, take your time. As it, show, as it relates to relationship, he says, rush. Rush to feel, to forgive, and be quick to restore. Look how y'all looking. And sometimes we mismanage our time. We spend money quick. We throw away, throw away relationships quick. We forgive slow. <laughs> Anybody with me? Y'all still out there? Yeah. The text is, this text is amazing to me because there's so many nuances about life. 
in so many nuances about time. And the daddy who managed time well. He started in the beginning by showing us he managed time well because he had the inheritance. He had built a savings. He had built something to give his sons. Not only that, he had built, he has now servants. He has servants. He has land. He has enough cattle to kill, to throw parties. Come on. This man had amassed wealth, but it was over time. So he shows us on the front end how when I manage my time well, there are some things that will happen slowly, but the end result would be success. But then at the end of the story, he also tells me when it's time to rush. Be slow with your money. Rush to rebuild relationships. Rush to forgive. Look how y'all looking at me. He tells us when to rush. And I want to encourage you today. The reason God said teach this currency is because time yields a harvest. And when you mismanage your time, you get a harvest. But when you manage well your time, you get a harvest. Time is not just about age. Time is also about money. Time is also about relationships. Come on. And you got to know how to put the right descriptors at the right place so that time will yield the best harvest. Well, I hope you learned something today. Don't rush it when it ain't supposed to be rushed. Rush it when it's time to rush. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Quick to forgive, slow to wrath. Yeah, yeah. Allow time to teach us the lessons of life. But also, take the time to reflect on the decisions you made, the movements you made. Take the time to respond appropriately because time is a kingdom currency. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, forgive us today for not managing our time well. Forgive us today, Lord, for being quick to be offended and being slow to forgive. Forgive us, Lord, for rushing time and not learning the lessons that you have put in time itself. So, Lord, we ask that you will forgive us, create within us a clean heart, renew within us the right spirit. Help us see time the way you see it. Help us to learn the lessons in managing well the time that we have. But thank you, Lord, that you are all powerful. And even in our foolish times, you can redeem the time. Thank you for redeeming the time for my life. Thank you for redeeming the time for uh, the lives of my family here on this platform and those who are watching. Thank you for redeeming the time, the days when we made stupid mistakes and the days that we have complained about the wrong thing. Although we are upset about not being further along, but you said because you have redeemed the time, we are where we are and we say thank you for that because you know all things and you do all things well. So, Lord, I pray right now for those who need to make decisions about the rest of the time that they have on this earth. I pray for those who need to make they need to make a decision regarding the rest of their time. They need to make a decision about their relationship with you. So, Lord, I pray that you would draw those who are to be drawn right now, that you would prick the hearts of those, open the spirits of those who need 
salvation today. I pray, God, that you would touch the hearts of those who you are drawing to Christ-centered church today, that they can turn the page, get plugged in, and move in your time for their lives. I give you glory and honor today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, y'all, um, if you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, I, I want you to uh, look at your chat. And in your chat, there is a, uh, there's a phone number there in the chat that the way we do it here at Christ in the Church, if you need to make a decision for Christ, that you'll text the number. And to that number, you're going to text the word uh, new life or the words new life. And there's a team waiting to talk to you and to help you in that, help you making a decision. Okay. They'll walk you through what the word says about your decision. So you will not be ignorant, but you'll see in the word what this means and how to walk through it. And then they will lead you in the prayer of repentance, in the prayer of salvation. And today we'll start a new time. God redeems the time. It's not too late. It's not too early. But when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, it makes a change in your life. Also, if you want to get plugged in the Christ Center Church and you want me to be your pastor, I'd love that opportunity. There's a number there, that same number. You'll text the word connect and that team is there waiting to get you plugged in and to let you know what your next steps are in getting connected to Christ Center Church. Family, I love you and I appreciate. I was thinking this week how I love preaching the word of God, okay? I love uh, sharing with you in your ups, praying for you in your downs, and covering you. And if you've ever wondered, I do cover our church. I pray for our church. Me and lady pray for our church. And I pray for you often. So when I hear your testimonies, I'm glad. When I hear the things that are worrying you, I'm sad. I carry the burden with you. Um, and I pray. I go in the closet on your behalf. So it's a pleasure to teach the word of God. And I'm glad that the Lord trusts me with it. But it's even more so a pleasure to carry the word to you, Christ Center Nation. So this week, as we sign off, I want to tell you that I love you. I want to declare over your life that you are ambassadors of Christ, that you leave this place to seek and to save that which is lost. I declare in Jesus' name that everything your hands touch will prosper. I declare that you are above only and not beneath. You are the head and not the tail. I declare in Jesus' name that on your job, favor waits for you. You are not the problem, but you are the solution to the problem. You hear me? You're the solution to the problem. You hear me? I don't know why I'm stuck here, that the Lord is going to open some creative spaces in your mind. Listen, do not shut the door through the, to, uh, the creativity for your job. Hear me. I don't know why the Lord just stopped me here. Um, he's going to give you some creative expression, creative ideas for your job. Listen, abandon the thought that they don't deserve this. I'll keep this for, the, for me. They have looked over me. They didn't give me the prom promotion. They didn't increase my pay and they don't appreciate me. The Lord says, I'm going to open some creative energy to you for your job and you will see that that is going to cause time to be redeemed for you on your job they're going to see then that they've overlooked you they're going to see then that they've underpaid you and they're going to see that they've under assigned or under titled you if you will that the work that you're doing you should be a director i don't know who that's for but God is opening some creative doors for your job and it's going to cause them to see you. So you are the solution and not the problem. I declare that your home is established in peace. Wait, money comes to you, but not just money. Wisdom to handle the money that comes your way. I declare in Jesus name that your home is established in peace. That your family is cared for, protected, healed in Jesus name, that your single life is whole, healthy, and satisfied. Your married life is whole, healthy, and satisfied. And I want y'all to know that the devil is attacking marriages, but he's attacking marriages from within the marriage and within the friend circle. 
Hear me. And the Lord says that he's running the devil out of it. But you got to see it for what it is. So I plead the blood over marriages and I declare your eyes be open to those who mean your relationships no good. Speak strength to relationships, right relationships, whole healthy marriage, satisfied marriages in Jesus name. I declare the blessings of the Lord upon you, wholeness, benefit, prosperity and faith. May it be your portion both now and forever. Go in peace and the God of peace goes with you. Hey, I love y'all. And preaching to y'all is like the most fun thing I get to do during the week. Thank y'all so much. Keep growing in God. Don't let what you hear from me be the only thing you get in the week. Go after God. Pursue because he is revealing himself to his people. I love y'all. Have an amazing week. You say you want to really get connected with believers and followers of Christ. Well, it's really simple. Just go to our Christ Center Church Facebook page. Go to the More tab and click Groups. From there, you'll see the Christ Center Nation group and click Join. Finding your tribe has never been so easy when you join Christ Center Nation today.